0: Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My next guest today is uh, has been in Amazon and Walmart space for almost a decade. And uh, he's the founder and CEO of Amazon AMZ Clever. It's a full service agency. He's an avid traveler to far, far places. Not your regular guy uh, just takes a plane, but places like China and Indonesia. So that's his passion. So everybody meet my guest there. Uh, Daniel Daniel Fernandez welcome to the show Daniel
1: hi Nick I'm excited to excited to be here
0: oh yeah share, it's some, always, share some knowledge yeah it's always a, a decade in the business you must have a lot of things up your sleeve so we want to learn from you today and um, so my, when you and I had a conversation first you told me about a formula for making sellers successful. So tell us about your formula.
1: Yes. Let me, first of all, let me just share my, my goal is to share content that people can implement right, right away, implement today. Um, So I hope, I hope that that is the case. And in terms of selling, right, let me, uh, let me see if I can distill the essence, right, of of success on Amazon. Uh, I would say, Starting from the top, right? It's all about organic ranking, right? If you, if you don't reach organic ranking, your product or brand will not be profitable on Amazon. Uh, so then that leads us to the question of how do we get rank, to, to rank organically, right? And, and, and the answer is you need to increase your sales velocity, right? For the specific keywords that you want to rank, uh, so then if we walk a step back and, and we say, okay, how do we increase the sales velocity?
0: So hold on um, a minute. You, you, you've gone too far already. <laughs> so all right. First of all, why do you want to increase your organic rank?
1: So at the, at the top of the list, right, when you are ranked organically, that's when you profit on Amazon. That's when you get more people to find your product. And also the sales that you get from that placement, right, from that organic placement are profitable sales. So that is, that is the ultimate, ultimate goal um, when it comes to Amazon. It could be, it could be done, uh, you know, quickly. It could take a long time. But ultimately, uh, unless the brand has really deep pockets, you know, and, and has other ambitions, uh, that is – that is the goal
0: yeah so i mean uh, when i say you've gone too far because you know we're talking you and i know but people listening they don't even know what their rank is right so this is called best seller rank or bsr for short if you go to any product page and you scroll down like halfway through the page you will see what your rank is, or what the rank of that particular product is. So, and they, they call it best-seller rank, and it's done per category. So, what you are referring to is, whichever category a product is in, you want that number to be as small as possible, right? That's what you're talking about. I, I want to
1: I wanna, uh, actually talk about a different measure of success. What you described right here is one measure of success. When I meant ranking, I meant a, a different one, which is uh, when somebody searches a keyword, where in the search results your product appears for that specific search, for that specific query. That's what's what I call um, organic ranking, uh, which is, is another, what you mentioned is another measure of success uh, that's important. But it's not something that, uh, you know, we, in my opinion, we should be looking at every single day uh, because it, it, you know, it, it follows. It, it's the, what happens after you have ranked for many keywords, right? It's a, the effect of yeah. already having ranked for many keywords.
0: I'm glad you mentioned it that way. Because uh, that's what I was hoping for. Because you see, a lot of people don't really understand. Uh, so, what to again, for the listeners' uh, benefit, what we're talking about is step-by-step success for a listing that will lead to your overall success. Your overall success is the rank that, that I was referring to that shows up on the page for the category. But how you get that up there depends on what keywords you are focusing on with your PPC campaign, with your whatever campaign you're running when you launch your product or ongoing. And so the goal is whatever the keyword is, is that the Amazon shoppers use, your name comes up or your product comes up in the search results. That is the rank you are referring to. And Correct. and that, that rank, unfortunately, you can't see it anywhere. There's no number, but you have to stay on top of it. But it is driven uh, by many, many factors that we'll get into in a second. So ultimately, if you... So why is this important? It's important because if you have a product where you focus on 10 keywords versus 50 keywords it is much, much easier for you to focus on 10 keywords and achieve very high rank under those than go all over the place, right? And that will ultimately give you a much better exposure. Uh, is that the case?
1: Yes and um, no. So the, uh, let, let, me, let me explain. So the back to the example, organic ranking is everything, right? Uh, um, but then the question is, okay, well, what are the keywords I should, I should rank? And, and maybe, Nick, maybe you can relate that there's a lot of courses out there, a lot of people that talk like, oh, yes, you want long-tail keywords and all that. But in reality, when we look at the data, and um, we look at a product that's already very successful, most of their sales, more than 80% of their sales, will come from a handful of keywords, 10 keywords uh, at most. And then the remaining, you know, the tail, right? The remaining 20% will come from a combination of long tails and unrelated and all sorts of of keywords. So that's why I say yes and no, because the main focus is um, on identifying those handful of keywords that your product will get most of its sales ever, right? And once they have identified, To really, I mean, test them and to do. There's many things we can unpack, but uh, some some budgets will allow to go after all of them. Let's say there's ten of them. Some budgets will allow to just go for one of them at first, right? And then win at that one to then move on to the next one and then to the next one. Obviously, brands have more budget. We can do the ten all at once, right? But that that is what I um, that is a common mistake I see. Uh, you know, sellers say, okay, I'm going to win uh, going after the long till keywords, right? And what's, what's going to happen is you'll, you'll, the, the, the person will move a few units here and there, but it's, it's going to be very low. It's going to be crickets. It's not going to rank, um, and it's going to be very reliant on advertising, right? And when you're reliant on advertising, the only winner is Amazon, uh, you know, the seller wins experience. Uh, it's like the old saying, right? When a, when a person with money means a person with experience. After a while, the person with experience becomes a person with the money and then the person with the money becomes a person with experience. No? So, so that is what we, we want to avoid.
0: I see. So what, so what you are suggesting then is when you launch, you launch... With focus on fewer keywords, with the purpose to dominate them, so that you can increase your ranking as high as possible. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. It's it's identifying the and it again, over and over again that we've done this. It's always it's not a secret. It's always a short list of keywords. Ten, you know, twenty probably the max that cause most of the sales for a product. So. Back to the original question, your mission, your most important mission is finding out what, those, what that short list of keywords is. That 10, sometimes it's less, maybe five to 20 keywords uh, that the competitors, your competitors, uh, you know, uh, provided that they are apples to apples, right? In terms of your product and their product, right? Uh, finding out where they're getting their sales. What are the keywords they're getting their sales? Most of their sales. Once you've identified that, then the marketing is all about those keywords. There is very um, disciplined uh, tracking, monitoring. You know, we, we leverage technology to do that. And then making sure that there's an ad budget and knowing what to do with that marketing budget. Uh, but in an essence, That is uh, what what success
0: on Amazon. So, so as you know, if you knew those 10, 20 keywords, then you would go after them, but you don't know. At the beginning, you don't know. So, how do you find out what those 10, 20 keywords are at the beginning?
1: Yes. So, there's many people out there with their own systems. I'm going to show you our system, the one that we use with our clients, the brands that we work with that, you know, we've been able to, to bring good results. Um, the, you, you always need to start with uh, a seed keyword, right? And the seed keyword, it, it comes from knowing your product, right? If you're selling a garlic press and it's a stainless steel garlic press, you know, with uh, rubber handles and maybe dishwasher safe, right? You know your main keyword is going to be your sorry your seed keyword is going to be garlic press right. That may not be the keyword that we're going to go after and do all the marketing. It's just a starting point because from this main keyword, if we type it in on Amazon, we're going to get competitors that are going to show up for that keyword, right? Um, So then we, we basically we we want to grab the top competitor that appears in those search results, right? When we type in our um, seed keyword, and then we're gonna use a tool. There's many out there, but we're gonna use a tool that will tell us the, all the keywords that this competitor, that we know is a top competitor. We're gonna see all the keywords that this competitor is ranked on first page for, right? And then uh, let's say it's a list of hundred keywords, right? So we're then going to use also technology. There's some tools out there that can help us uh, determine the search volume for all of these keywords, right? Because if it's a keyword that people only search 10 times a month, right, we can win win for it, but that will probably represent, you know, one sale every two months, right? It's not going to pay the bills. So on the opposite side, right, there might be a keyword there that is searched uh, hundreds of thousands of times per month, right? And that may sound like awesome. This is what we want to go for. But then we look at the budget and we have $1,000 a month budget allocated or $3,000 a month budget. That's, that's what the brain can spend, right? So it doesn't make sense to go for that too ambitious of a keyword. So based on that budget and also based on how uh, relevant we are to that keyword, we want to choose. Right? And to give you an example, let's say at the very top is the key. Uh, we look at our competitor. We do this reverse engineering analysis, right, of the keywords they rank for. If we see for the keyword garlic press, stainless steel, or you know stainless steel garlic press, we see that that keyword they rank number one on Amazon organically, meaning you type in. And then they appear, number one, at, you know, at the top of the page, right? And we see that that keyword gets, I don't know, 5,000 visitors or people searching for it per month, right? It would be very... And, and we look at the product these competitors are selling. We see it is a garlic press. And we see it is stainless steel. And we also see it has good ratings, right? It is safe to assume they are getting many sales from that keyword. They were, they're getting... Uh, more sales than the number 10 product on that page, right? So using this criteria, we, we call it internally, are we apples to apples to this competitor? And also are we apples to apples to this keyword? Or are we apples to oranges, right? For example, if we are selling a stainless steel garlic press, right? And for the keyword, stainless steel garlic press, we would be, an, it's an apples to apples comparison, right? But for the keyword, you know, plastic uh, garlic press, we would be apples to oranges. We can go after that keyword, but we're not going to beat the seller, the competitor that is actually selling uh, pl- uh, garlic press made of plastic. There has to be full alignment between, we, we call it um, product, keyword market fit, right? Like the three need to be aligned. Some people call this relevancy, right? So our process is to find as many keywords that follow these full alignment uh, while having a decent amount of search volume.
0: How, um, many, how many searches per month? Would be a reasonable amount of searches to target for with the keywords.
1: It's a you know it's a range. Internally, we have our own you know tiers uh, for this. We call you know if, if this is for the US, we have for each marketplace, right? But for for the US, <clears throat> uh, over fifty thousand, we consider that a um, very competitive niche or very high in terms of, um, you know, difficulty or, or it's just too too popular of a keyword. So we we try to stay away from those, right? The next tier that we look at is uh, between 10,000 and 49,999, right? That we call high, right? So keyword there, we may or may not take it. It depends on how strong the product uh, is in terms of, you know, value, right? Benefits, unique selling proposition, price, right? Mm-hmm. If we have, if we check many <clears throat> of those boxes, we will, and, and, and the brand has the budget, we will go for those in the high bracket, right? Most brands don't. Um, the next year for us is basically between the uh, 2000 to Nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine right and that we call you know medium, right And that is where we recommend most sellers go for, uh, and that's what we do most of the time, because these are these are keywords, and again, it has to be perfect alignment between what we're selling, the keyword and the market, right? A perfect uh, alignment there. as long as that is the case. Uh, we go after keywords in that range because they are often overlooked by sellers. Um, Sellers want to go for the home run, right? Also, these keywords are cheaper with advertising. One thing to keep in mind with Amazon is you're paying per click and the cost per click is determined by the competition. It's it's an auction. So um, we want to, by going to keywords that are less searched, I mean still search thousands of times but less uh you're going to be going for a cheaper uh pool right and then below that you know between uh I think our, our our uh low tier is from um 200 to 1999 we have some there and then below that below two below you know, 199 searches per month and below that is our very low tier that we um, we just we add it but we don't expect much from there just because of the traffic. So
0: out of those so let's say that let's take a middle of the road approach where you targeted a keyword with 5000 monthly searches. Yes. And you put the top bit on it and you are appearing on page one as a sponsored Uh, listing now what is the click-through rate in your experience you get on a new launch versus a mature long listing yeah um you know we're we're
1: we look at the click-through rate however we we our main kpi is conversion rate right because and and Oftentimes, we have seen click-through rates to vary a lot and to the point where it's still acceptable, uh, but conversion rate needs to be uh, either on or off for something to, to work, right? Uh, in fact, uh, I mean, I'll give you an answer. So around 1% click-through rate, if your ad is showing at the top of the page, is good. It's good, and most likely... It is resonating, right? But then, it nothing really matters unless you convert, right. and that's why we we focus so much on the conversion.
0: So I have conversion rate is my favorite subject. I can talk about it all day long. So and we can dissect it in in, in every way. So first, let's start with the definition of conversion rate. What do you define conversion rate?
1: Yes, good good question. Uh, because Amazon used to give you a wrong calculation of conversion rate, in my opinion, Uh, we calculate by um, basically orders uh, divided by sessions and sessions are unique visitors to your Amazon listings, right? There is a 30 minute expiration date for a session, right? Like if you visit a product in Amazon within within 20 minutes, you visit the product many times, it will only count as one session, right? But if you visit it an hour later, then that will be two sessions. So it's a very good, it's a very well adjusted metric. We do it by by the order. Amazon used to do it by the unit. And the issue with that was, you know, sometimes people bought five units. uh, And if there was only one session, right, that would be a 500% conversion rate. That doesn't mean... Doesn't mean you're gonna go in and put you know five thousand dollars of advertising budget behind that because it may have just been a one-off. One time we had a client that uh, and this is not just on the right, what I describe right now is on the overall, but then PPC also has its own conversion rate. We had um somebody click an ad, and the product we were selling bought like a hundred units, and these were product a product that had I think a hundred dollar price point. So it was a lot of revenue, right? Sure. And then the client looked at the campaign and he sees like, a, you know, 0.01% ACOS. <laughs> uh, and he's, you know, started like, why are we not putting $50,000 advertising here? And then, oh, yeah. I mean, uh, the answer was like, hold on, this is, uh, <laughs> we'll take it. This is awesome. We'll take it. But this is uh, not something that we should expect nor make a data-driven decision on that because it's it's a one-off.
0: Well, I want to unpack several things that we just discussed because these are so fine points uh, but people need to understand. So first of all, we started with targeting a keyword that's getting X number of searches per month. So that's, we said, for the sake of example, 5,000 searches a month. X number of people will click on it. Now, those clicks may be coming from your paid campaigns where you rank, you bid on it, and then you showed up at the top. Or they may be clicking on just organic listings or organic uh, results. Because I'm sure that people uh, have seen sometimes the item, the same item appears on the same page twice one at the top that says sponsored on it, that means they're paying for it. And one somewhere in the middle, because they, that's where they are ranking for that keyword. So people can choose to click on either one. But nevertheless, if they click on the top one, they, they are, it's costing the, the seller money. But they all roads lead to the product detail page. So now, of course, whether you click the one with the organic or with the sponsor, doesn't matter. You have one visitor being registered on the page as a session so now you have one person there then the next question is how many persons do you need on that page where one of them ends up making a purchase and that is ultimately the conversion rate now that splits into two and that's what you're referring to so if i'm that one person and i bought three pieces Amazon considers that as one person bought three times, right? Versus one person placed one order except bought three pieces. So the true conversion is one person can make one purchase. So you need to differentiate that. So tell us, and of course, we're not talking, you can make the same measuring for just specific to your paid campaign. Not the whole thing, but paid campaign. So what is the most important for you? To track the paid campaign performance with conversions or the overall page performance for conversions?
1: Yes, yes. Good question. The answer is both. But, right, this is uh, important, but five years ago, we expected more from the PPC conversion rate, right? We expected the PPC side to be profitable on its own, right? It was more siloed. Today, brands that silo the PPC performance from the overall performance will not rank their products, will not go anywhere, right? Amazon has become, and some people may not like to hear this, but has become a pay to play, platform. Right? And we can complain about it, we can say it's too complicated, too saturated, or Amazon should do something about it. Or we can work the system, we can leverage the way it's working today, and grow and make some sales, right? Um, We choose to do the other way. Uh, Because of that, we look at um, a lot of the KPIs that we look at our account wide. For example. What we call, uh, you know, ACOS is in PPC terms. ACOS is your ad spend divided by your ad sales, right? But then we also look at something we call real ACOS. Some people call it true ACOS or TACOS, right? Which is your ad spend divided by the total sales, not PPC sales, but the total sales, right? That is a more um, more effective metric, because the PPC efforts you're making again, um, we go back to why we 're doing things right The only reason we do PPC is to rank our products or keywords or to sustain our rankings that we already gained that 's it if we if we try to um, if we try to make the PPC silo profitable, uh, what will happen is our organic rankings will go down, will suffer, right? It's like trying to drive your car long distance, but staying on first gear, right? You will burn a lot of fuel. Uh, you, you, you will, you know, not go anywhere, right? And, and maybe even break your engine. That's what is happening right now.
0: So, uh... But this is what you're talking about is a cost and TACOS. Uh, but th- those are different than the conversion rate. We, uh, when it comes to conversion rate, so you ultimately you're spending money. You spend hundred dollars to generate three hundred dollars from those clicks that you spend hundred dollars for. So hundred dollars versus three hundred dollars. That's your a cost. So you have thirty percent, and then uh, you also because you spend hundred dollars in advertising people and, and you showed up on those keywords you are also rank up and as you rank up you get another say seven hundred dollars worth of sales from your organic appearance yes. now yes. your hundred dollar advertising spend generated a thousand dollars in sales so that's the takeoffs you're talking about however yes. what I'm talking about is use with your hundred dollar advertising spend you send 100 people to the page and out of those 100 people maybe 30 of make it easier 20 of them bought so you have a 20 conversion rate right on the page however you may bring With the same example, you appeared organically. Instead of 100 people coming to the page, you had 1,000 people come to the page. And out of those 1,000 people, you got maybe uh, 50 people purchased. Yes. Yes. So now your conversion rate, 50 divided by 1,000, versus on the other one, 20 divided by 100. That's what I was referring to, not in the monetary term. Which conversion rate ultimately matters to you? Yes. uh, If you're watching the overall one or the PPC-driven one?
1: Yes. So, end of the day, the one that weighs more for us is the overall account-wide conversion rate, right? However, the PPC conversion rate usually predicts your overall conversion rate and and also let me give you an example right let's say we launch a new brand month number one we're not going to have any organic ranking therefore uh, it's safe to say 100 of all of our sales are ppc sales correct month number two we started getting a little bit of organic ranking right Maybe we end month number two with 90% of all of our sales from PPC, 10% of our sales from that little organic ranking, right? The following month, let's say, becomes 80% of our total sales from PPC. We can follow all these all the way to it becomes 50-50 and maybe past that point. In fact, the sweet spot we look for is around um, 65% of sales from organic. 35% from PPC, right? But that takes a while. Um, as we walk through this process, right? We are paying attention to the PPC conversion rate first, because it's going to predict the, what's going to happen next. If you, at the beginning, you never get a good PPC conversion rate. You'll never see the, you know, the, the daylight, so to speak. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and to add to add one more thing to that is uh, because I know you might that you might be asking this next: what is then a good conversion rate? And and the answer is is relative, right? Let me give you an example. Uh, we've sold we've worked with brands right that sell products for ten dollars, right? And for that brand at a ten dollar price point, ten dollar price point on Amazon is what we would consider an impulse buy, right? And here's, there's, it's a whole conversation, right? Impulse buy listings, you need to make them, uh, make them more emotional. You need to make it more lifestyle, more, you know, because people will not read the text. Doesn't matter what you put in there, you know, people won't read it. You can put, in fact, you want to put very short bullets, like five, five to 10 words, right? Because it's an impulse buy. Um, A conversion rate A good conversion rate for a product like that, I would say has to be above 20%, right? On the other hand, right, uh, let's say we have a client, we're selling speakers, um, expensive speakers, right? The ones that uh, somebody with very, very, you know, very high standards on on listening to music and so on will, will want. These speakers, they cost around $500, Right. Nick, a, a good conversion rate for, the, for us, for those products, is 1% to 2%. Really? With 2%, with 2% we're, we're celebrating. Really? Right? Oh my god. So, so that's why AC, uh, true ACoS or, or tacos or, or real ACoS, uh, also uh, ROAS, uh, we call it true ROAS or real ROAS, that metric applies to any account. High ticket, small ticket, but conversion rate is relative in terms of what is a good one.
0: So my next question is, where do you find these numbers? Where do you go Where do you go to look at the conversion rate? What is the source? because this is this is a couple of things. First of all, data. In isolation means nothing. It's just a a flash and then it's gone already. So you have to look at it in perspective. In other words, today versus yesterday versus last week versus last month versus last year, last year, this time, all that stuff. So where is that data available for the the listeners to go and say, oh, let me go check my conversion rate on the overall product page?
1: Yes. So. A, I have a few answers for that. One is uh, we use some technology, right? We use some software that uh, working with other companies, developers uh, have developed that connects with the Amazon backend, right? And allows us to do all kinds of custom reporting. That's one. Uh, also, and what Amazon did del-
0: Do you want to share that with us?
1: So, I mean, there's a few that many people know. For example, Helium Ten is is one of them. We also have some that uh, is custom to us, right? That we've we've worked with, um, you know, people developing software, but we've we've made some custom solution for us. Um, so that's that's you know, on one hand. On the other hand, Amazon on the platform for sellers, which is called Seller Central has also a section called uh, business reports right and and in that section of of business reports you can put a date range and you can see a breakdown of all your products for that date range and then in there you can customize the columns so that it shows you the conversion rate they call it a unit session percentage right and this is uh you just want to make sure because you can, they used to make it by, not by the order, but by the units purchase. Now, I think by default, they show it to you by the order, which is good, uh, but you can, even, you can even customize that, right? So that is how we would check that um, if we want to look at, it at, at the account line side of things
0: so a couple of things so helium 10 is great i i use helium 10 but i i wasn't aware that helium 10 provided conversion rates i don't believe they do so they yeah they've added, the, yeah, they, they've
1: they added are, yeah it's yeah they added uh, sessions well they've, yeah. they've now added sessions um which is from from the business reports side they've added also the mobile se- what Sessions come from mobile devices. Yeah, what sessions come from desktop and the overall. Um, but but is is uh, you know it's an important metric, right? But it's is it's, uh, it's uh, also available in in Seller Central.
0: Yeah, and the Seller Central part is, and that's usually what I work with. Is you know you, you just put it you have to put the start date and the end date and then you get the report and you're just looking at one number. But to really look at it in perspective, you have to keep downloading it on a regular basis, storing it so that you can make comparisons, right?
1: Yes. Yes. That's
0: that's where it gets challenging. So this is great. I mean, you've given... You've given the what I would call the anatomy of success, where you start from the launch, which keyword, how do you target keywords, what are the numbers, and then your paid campaign, and then how you measure success. This is this is great. Um, now, one final question before we move on: What affects conversion?
1: What affects conversion?
0: Yeah, what makes, what gets yes. you better conversion? How do you improve? Conversion? Yes.
1: Um, many things. However, there is three that rank at the top, right? We call it the, the conversion rate trifecta. Um, and the number one is price, right? And you could be selling the best product out there on Amazon, uh, yet Amazon is always going to be a price sensitive market, Right. Uh, no, I understand also many brands are not in a position to, or don't want to change their price. That's fine. Uh, yet, this is one of the number one elements. The other element there is the stars ratings on Amazon, right? Uh, you want to have, you know, depending on the niche, some niches, four stars is good. Some niches, four and a half is good. Some niches out there, believe it or not, three stars is good, right? Yes, um, I won't I won't spoil it, but, you know, there is niches that I haven't found one where, you know, two stars is good. That, uh-huh. that would be that would be weird. But um, so star ratings. Right. And, and you will know, judging by your competition, where you need to be. Uh, the last one is your main image. This is the trifecta. Um, and this is interesting, right, because price, Yes, we can control, but do we really want to compete on price a lot? The answer is usually you don't, right? Ratings, well, for ratings, you need to have a good product. You need to have a good review acquisition strategy, which we do for our clients. Um, And and besides that, you just need to wait. The more you sell, the more reviews you'll get, right? However, main image, that's the one where you have 100% control over and you don't have to wait for that. You just have to make a um you know a very good educated uh and 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 sophisticated decision on what your main image needs to show. And this is a whole we could do a whole podcast about this. But that's these are the three where you want to spend most of your time. Um, If you're launching a new product, your product is brand new, you do want to play a little bit with the price factor. adding a discount and something there.
0: Right. Then,
1: then we start talking about the other stuff in the listing, right? And that's your bullets. That's the other images. That is your EBC. All these things, yes, they play a role. In our experience, small. You could, you could have everything perfect, but if your main image is not good, your conversion rate will not be good.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, you're right. This is what I see over and over. And people people like to rush to get the listing up. Of course, once the listing is up, the clock starts ticking, right? And then your moving averages, daily moving averages are constantly calculating. And if you have to make changes... So I always tell people, it's better to start late, but comprehensively, where you have the... The best version of everything that you're supposed to have because once you launch you're gonna make changes you're not supposed to make too many changes at the same time change one thing at a time because you want to see the impact of that change which means that if if let's say you rushed it and you launch with the wrong main image and you assume, oh, you know you know i'll just replace it well Main image is not going to be the only thing that you're going to have to replace. There will be other things. So now right. you're going to say, "Okay, let's first change the picture." Of course, change it today. You're not going to change something collect, else tomorrow. You have to wait. To collect. Data. Before you know it, three months have gone by, and you are just testing. Why? Because you launched it too soon. So yes, that's
1: yes, it. that's why they call it they call it A B test, not yes. not alphabet. Not, that, not yeah. test the whole alphabet. So.
0: And by the way, uh, I just want to share, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Pickful, pickful.com. You ever use Pickful? Yes.
1: yes. It's yeah, it's beautiful. great. Um, and also now Amazon has their own, something we do for our clients, Amazon has enabled a feature called Manage Experiments, which allows you to do A-B testing with your own products with real Amazon shoppers, um, which we have found is even even more. PickFu is great, but this is even more accurate to yeah. to what you're trying to achieve.
0: That's great. So uh, tell us if you could change one thing in Amazon policies for third party sellers, what would that be? What well, would that be? <laughs> That's a uh, you know pick one
1: to pick one is the challenge right yes i i would say i would say it's um you know not not exactly what you're asking but i would say amazon should not be allowed to sell their own branded products to on their platform like if i could change one thing happen to change one thing it would be you're either a platform where sellers can sell or you are an e-commerce website selling your own product. But, but both is something that um, I see a strong conflict of interest because we have seen brands, clients that we worked with, we got all the way to the top. And then you know sooner or later, Amazon launched their own version of that and they don't play by the same rules. They put it at the top. So <clears throat> that would be one. Um another and I, I have I have many of these, right? But another would be to uh allow, for example, to to interact with customers much more. Um Amazon is, is this one, they're listening to my prayers because for example, something that we've been doing for our clients now is You have the ability to, people have, people can follow your brand just like on an Instagram uh, account. Now people can follow your brand and you're able to, we're finding some strategies to engage with people that are following you, sending them messages and whatnot, Uh, but still you are, um, they're bound by pre-written messages that Amazon uh, gives you. You cannot type whatever you want, right? I think it's a very exciting step in the right direction and I'm looking forward to see what Amazon will you so know, develop there.
0: Interact with customers more. you Are talking about allowing sellers to be able to interact with Amazon customers? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's heavily regulated, right? Because they don't want the sellers to tell the customers, go buy on my website.
1: I think it's, uh, they're going to have to do that sooner or later. Uh, In fact, in the last few months, I think they must have had some kind of board meeting where they decided like, okay, we're going to start giving more data to sellers. Right? In the last few months, Amazon has been very prolific at opening up more data points to sellers. Uh, One that we have access now uh, on beta is, remember earlier we talked about all the tools that you can they, they give you some estimates of search volumes for keywords. We are now getting the that search volume from Amazon themselves, from the source. So it's, it's as yeah. accurate. It's real,
0: it's real data, right? And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's
1: allowing right. us to to be more dangerous.
0: Yeah. So that's great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where where uh, where do you live and where you grew up?
1: Awesome, yes. Uh, so originally born, raised in Lima, Peru. Uh, then I lived in the States for many years till I decided to uh, move to China. I, I had started my agency here and started growing it here. An opportunity came around to work with some brands over in Asia. So went to China, lived there for three years. Uh, I actually got to learn Chinese. And, you know, it was an amazing experience uh, because I learned the way Chinese sellers, Chinese brands do Amazon, also the way here in the West that we do Amazon. So I'm, I have a very nice uh, perspective from both sides uh, that allows us to be very strategic, very, very smart, uh, clever, right? That's that's why our company is called AMZ Clever. Um, from there, I lived in Bali, Indonesia. That's... You know, during the uh, pandemic, now I am uh, based in uh, South Florida. I mean, uh, West Palm Beach. And, uh, you know, my team is, is fully remote. I have people here, people in Europe, Asia. Uh, I'm being fortunate to, to, you know, travel around a bit.
0: So where did this uh, interest come from in terms of, first of all, working on such a complex platform as amazon and then traveling to places where some people would find too far too inconvenient different language uh, so for you it looks like you know the more challenging it is the more you gravitate towards it is that the case
1: you know i thanks for asking that i would say i've been I've been motivated a lot by difficult things, challenging things. I think they're, they're the ones worth pursuing. Uh, so many years ago, and this was started as a, as a dream, if you may, was could I build a company that um, makes me location independent, right? While helping adding value to brands and be able to, to make sales and, and grow, right? Um, and around that time is when I learned about Amazon, right? And I learned about, uh, I mean, I, I originally started selling, I was living in San Francisco and I had a good job in tech and I started selling, and my first, you know, brand did so well that I made probably that I rushed into the decision of leaving my job, and living in an expensive city. I realized that, that with a product business, you actually need to reinvest to make, buy more inventory and more inventory, more inventory. So I very quickly realized, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift this to a service-based business, uh, and I never looked back, right? I started working with clients and brands and growing and growing and hiring people, um, and, but the, the question at the beginning was, can I do something that makes me location-independent? I'm so grateful for the Internet, right? It's such a wonderful thing that I think many people take for granted, Right, uh, that allows us to live amazing lives. So um, that's what basically, um, you know, that was the idea, I and mean, then it, it got executed, and, and to this day. And I have people in my team, for example, that you know, uh, we're a very friendly company in terms of work and travel. You know, like it doesn't matter where you are, as long as your work gets done. You know, I have a person in my team that every three months she goes to a new country and is seeing the world you know as, as, as so as why
0: go. why did you want to have location independent business
1: yeah for a few reasons but i think the main one was trying to trying to redesign a career right i you know my my so my dad he lived his whole life working at an office and, you know, some vacation here and there uh, without much opportunity until later in life, right? When he retired, he started traveling. So the real question was, you know, is this the only way or now that I have the internet, right? Can I, uh, that allows us to, to work from anywhere. Can I build something based on that right that was the that was the hypothesis and so, there were other people doing it already which made yeah. it much much plausible
0: so you, you're seeing your dad always having to get up every day go to the office and work uh, how did that the uh, i don't want to say impact but what did you want to do things with your dad and then you experienced the fact that you weren't able to do those things because he was having to go to the office every day? Was that happening? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I, uh, you know, and, and I, I, I love my dad and he worked really hard and that was what the situation back then. Right. But still, you know, I, you know, in a way raised myself and, you know, my influences were, you know, my friends and maybe people that were slightly older than me and perhaps not all of them were the best influence, right? Where I think now in the age of the internet, and this is not true for all industries or for all businesses, right? But uh, we're able to, you know, I I wanna start a a family and have kids and and be able to be a strong influence for them. And, And that only comes from, you know, spending time together. Yeah. Uh so it is you know and I like to quote you know you know Tim Ferriss the, the famous book 4 hour work week which uh the title is not true uh just you know disclaimer <laughs> but but the whole the whole premise of the book is what's called lifestyle design right yeah. like you can design the way your life will play out to some degree there is always room for random and unexpected right but it is and, and I have a I have a coach that I I interact with a lot. And one of the favorite favorite things that he told me is, uh, you know, do the hard thinking ones, right? Like instead of have to problem solve each time or, you know, bump your head against the wall, just right now spend the time to actually think things through really hard, right? To come up with the proper structure or the plan or the strategy. Uh, Humans, you know, we... Um, I'm gonna sound like a like a help self book now, but we are the the only species that has the ability to plan ahead, you know. And nevertheless, we plan very little.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I, I heard somebody say something similar so a long time ago, and I believe that you know these athletes that will become wildly successful. For example, Mark Phelps, you know, great swimmer, you know, he's built for it. So obviously he won many medals and, and you have Michael Jordan basketball, you know, you have all these people. Now they just happen to have found the particular sport to focus on. But I believe that these people were already talented athletes. They could have, Mark Phelps could have easily become a very successful basketball player. Michael Jordan could have become a very successful swimmer if he wanted to. He just happened to find that particular niche and focused on it. He just headed in himself to be able to be good at any sport. The reason I'm telling you this is for you, really, what I'm hearing is not because the internet made it successful because you developed a dream. I think what you were looking for was you had an experience growing up wanting to spend more time with your dad. And since he kept going to the office, you said, I'm not going to have this in my life. And I'm going to create a life that will allow me to do the things that anytime I want to do that. And internet just facilitated it and the Amazon business just facilitated it, and they just happened to be complicated things you know amazon platform it's, it's you know it's it's a complex thing didn't matter to you because ultimately what you were looking for was to have a different kind of life than than uh, your dad had in order to be able to spend time with family would i mean what do you think would that would my theory be right
1: you know now we're getting into uh uh you know chicken or the egg and, and i don't I don't, <laughs> I don't know the answer uh or you know whether we are in control of our destiny or 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 not that's a very interesting question philosophical i think that, that yes to to some extent right to some extent our our history our background right determines how we do things We we tend to you know run away from you know pain and towards pleasure right we try to make our life and and then we get into very psychological stuff right like you know people that grew up with um i don't know always being you know bullied uh often later in life become bullies right so so it's very interesting right uh but i think i think one you know back to what you mentioned it um and, and and in terms of advice for others right like i've i've stuck to this business for the last six seven years uh plus some more right but just this specific agency and really kept at it right and and i heard it takes about seven years to you know get to to a point where the business is optimized to to be somewhat successful right and less than that is great and sometimes it's luck you know so sticking to sticking to it and and I think that that is also something very important in this in this day and age of instant, you know, gratification.
0: Yeah, well, you know what they're saying: the harder you get, the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? So, <laughs> so yeah. this this is great, uh, Daniel. So, give us your contact information for anybody uh, who uh, needs your services or needs to reach out. How can they reach? Yes, us?
1: yes, absolutely. Uh, best way to reach me is uh, email daniel at amzclever.com. I try to, uh, you know, get back to everyone, whether it is to inquire about, you know, working, uh, helping your brand, or just to, uh, you know, an introduction, just to, to network formally or informally. Uh, shoot me an email. Uh, then my website is also amzclever.com, but best way is, is uh, via email.
0: Great, thank Men- you.
1: Mention, mention, uh, mention this show, mention sure. the, the Amazon legend show that you, you, know, you heard us uh, speak there.
0: Well, we will put your information on our website together with your contact info. So I'm sure people will reach out. So you have given very specific, you, you, you said something at the beginning of the show. Anything anybody hears, I want them to be able to take action and I'm sure they will and with that um thank well, you I wanna, uh,
1: if it's all right i want to add one quick tip something that to, to, to fulfill that promise from the beginning uh i would say uh on your amazon go to your brand registry uh, you will see at the top a green banner if you click on it that's going to take you to the unique brand registry for this Going to take you to the new brand, uh, search query performance And that's going to be the place where Amazon is going to show you all the keywords your products are um, relevant for. And it's going to show you your own uh, uh, purchases, not for PPC, but for actual organic sales. Uh, And then you can cross-check that with the brand analytics search term section. You can see the top sellers in there. And then you could plug in, for example, if a top seller for a specific search term, Uh, on the on the brand analytics side you compare that with in the search query performance where amazon is telling you this keyword has a total of two thousand purchases per week and then you see on the other side this product has 25 percent of all the purchases for this keyword then you know that seller is selling um uh, how much is that 500 uh units or, or purchases in that even week so there you have it
0: that's great Thank you, Daniel. This was great.
1: My pleasure. Let's do it again.
0: Uh, sure, we will do. And, um, and that brings us to the end of another episode, and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Be sure and subscribe, rate, and review our show. And be sure and share an episode with a friend. And thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next week here on Amazon Legends.